your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, the uh, prices of some after-school activities, you may have noticed, and we'd like to hear from you on this as to what you've seen yourself, have come become increasingly expensive uh, this year. Uh, some parents seemingly paying hundreds of euros for some of those activities, but with bills and other essentials increasing in price, some have had to make tough decisions and say no to their children. And what effects is this having uh, on families, uh, we wonder. And uh, Sharon Skihill, uh, working with young children for many years, and she lectures and carries out research in education uh, as well, is on the line to talk to us about this. And uh, good morning to you, Sharon. How are you doing? Good morning, Joe. How are you? So is this a, a big stress on parents at the moment, on top of all of the other costs that they've had to face, just after the back-to-school costs are put behind them for another year, the after-school activities costs? See, I, I think it is. And I know, obviously, some of us might think, oh, it's a real luxury to have these after-school activities. But as for many children, we really have to consider the impact of having to drop out of these classes on children, you know, owing to these additional costs. And and I think what we kind of forget sometimes is that it has, a, you know, children's identity are very much tied up sometimes in these classes, do you know? So whether it's dance classes or basketball groups or whatever it is, you know, it, it, it's more than just saying, oh, well, look, are we just, that's not an essential. But for the child themselves, it can be really essential. It can be really essential to... Do you know their interactions with friends? Their, do you know that sense of a group identity that that's very important? Do you know from young children all the way through teenage years? So, I think that while we we may think it might be a luxury for after school activities, looking from our adult perspective, from a child's point of view, this is a, a really could be a really important part of their social world. So, it, it's to think about those things. I suppose again, I'm no budgeting expert for parents, but. Um, I, I suppose to think of those things rather than saying, oh, well, that's not essential, but maybe to consider it could have a knock-on effect by children not being able to be part of their little groups outside of school. Yeah, and uh, parenting expert Laura Erskine is uh, with us as well. And good morning to you, Laura. How are you doing? Um, I'm good, thank you. So, a stress on parents, you know, I suppose it kicks in in July and August, doesn't it, as I mentioned, trying to get the back to school costs um, dealt with. And then they're into this autumn period where the after school activities are there. And probably because, to be fair to a lot of the people putting on these after school activities, they have seen their own supply prices increase. They have to feel they have to pass it on. Unfortunately, yes, extracurricular activities have always been expensive and our children want to do more than ever. And as your your other caller was, was explaining, you know, they are really important for um, contributing to a child's identity, that sense of belonging in a group. And especially if there's any issues going on within school, parents often try to have their children in extracurricular activities that are not associated with school so that they develop other friendship groups. Um, which they can find a, as a good release um, of any stress that they might have associated with bullying that might be going on in school and, and stresses to do with fitting in within school, that they have this other safe group of friends from a completely different group who might not know them outside of that extracurricular activity. And, and it's a lovely way for them 
to to um, you know discover who they are and, and be good at something and try something new. And and very often, of course, when children are young, they want to try everything because they don't know yet what they like or what they're good at. Um, I only wish that the government provided more funding for this kind of thing because particularly those extracurricular activities that um, involve ju- children in physical exercise, whether that's gymnastics or horse riding or football, um, all of these attract big um, term fees that come hot on the heels of back-to-school costs and they all have to be paid in September if you want to secure your place and they have to be paid fast too because there's usually quite quite a lot of competition to get into these various groups. Um, and, you know, if, if there was some level of government funding, that would that would certainly go a long way towards easing that pressure for parents and indeed helping us with this big obesity problem we have. Mm. Because we know that schools can't don't have enough time in the school week to do enough PE classes, unlike our European counterparts who do PE every day for 45 minutes. And here in Ireland, we do it for half an hour once yeah. a week. And of course, then there's the now infamous voluntary, but not so voluntary contributions that schools uh, <coughs> at primary and indeed secondary level look for to Laura. Absolutely. And, and they're pretty hefty and, and they've gone up as well because the cost of running the school has gone up since COVID. So, uh, you know, I've just paid €200 Euro for a primary school child, €350 Euro for a secondary school child in their voluntary contributions. And that's, you know, on top of all of the books and the extra things that you need to buy for back to school. Then you've got the extracurricular activities that they really want to do. And they're so enthusiastic to be back in school. And as a parent, you don't want to deprive them of doing those things because they've missed out on so much because of COVID that you you sort of feel like you, you, you want to throw them back into everything and keep them busy and, and sort of make up for all of that lost time. Um, and then the next set of term fees for extracurricular activities comes hot on the heels of Christmas. So we're all having to dig deep into our pockets again in January for that second term. Um, and then the final term usually is payable um, after Easter, bringing us up to summer. Um, so, you know, it is an expensive business. Um, some schools provide um, subsidised activities within the school grounds um, and people come in to provide um, extracurricular activities straight after school using some of the school facilities so that's much more discounted. Um, but anything that's outside of that environment does tend to be pricey and God help me, I've got a child who's interested in equestrian and we have horse riding at uh, oh, 500 yes. euros yeah, a f- Fantastic, fantastic activity, <laughs> but uh, not always the cheapest, that's for sure. Uh, we're talking to Laura Erskine and to Sharon Skeel as well. And interestingly, Sharon, um, it, which slightly ties into this, there's been a bit of a controversy in recent days about young people participating in sports and at younger ages being left on the sidelines by coaches and and a debate is raging around whether it should be at all about winning up to your under 12s or your under 14s whether it should be entirely about ensuring everyone gets to participate because as Laura points out there's a long term benefit to being involved in activities like that Absolutely yes I've read some of those reports and I think there won't be a parent that doesn't have a story do you know of of being on the sideline and feeling do you know that their child has been excluded or left out and do you know I think that for people to really I I said to understand like the value of of children getting out to play sports but subsequently the, the impact it has then if children feel that they're not good enough and if they're told at an early age you're not good enough 
Do you know, and, and it is really very damaging. I think we, we obviously, everybody wants to win, do you know, and, and co- everybody's very enthusiastic and you have to obviously give great credit to people who, who spend their time and energy free of charge working with young children. But the other side of it is, is to realise the power of that role. And I think sometimes for those of us working with children to realise you have the power to make or break a child, do you know, with your actions or your words and to be able to provide encouragement and enthusiasm and to make sure, and like it's within the rules, like the, the GAA and the FAI and all of those organisations have guidance on that children should be playing, but it's how this is enacted in practice throughout the country. But it really can have a huge knock-on effect on children's self-esteem and to the extent that then they'll just give up because... It, it, because it is part of their identity and their group identity, and I suppose there's such community around you know our GAA and our soccer clubs that if you're always the person on the sideline, and children, do you know from a very young age they know if they're left on the sideline, and as they get older, I think sport is more part of their lives as well. If they, do you know if they are playing sports, it's become more prominent, and you're defined more about around that role. So the idea that you're not good enough. That's the way they will interpret it. So it is very important that people who are working with young children realise the impact this can have on children. I I mean, Laura Erskine, you know, I I was only thinking about this myself last night. Um, I I was lucky in that I wasn't very good at sport, but I have a lifelong love of it. And I've now realised how fortunate I was that it, it was indoctrinated in me by coaches who knew how to bring those of us who would be on the fringes into the centre, whether that was the opportunity to play, or as I got older and you know it got more serious, I suppose you know I, I, later teenage years, and there was that desire to win. Competition is part of sport. They still found a way to keep people like me involved to ensure that I still had you know a, a sense of team, and and I still love sport as a consequence. Yeah, I mean, that's a real it's a real talent to be able to find people who can do that. And unfortunately, because a lot of these clubs are run by parents and, and within the community, nobody's being paid to run them. That And sometimes those parents, um, because they're short of time, they get frustrated if they're not winning. They watch their own child giving out to them that they're not winning and why did you play so-and-so? And they can bow to pressure to, uh, to get the team in, into that winning category rather than including everybody. Who who who's been training all the way along since maybe they were they were very much younger, uh, and it really is important to keep everybody included because, um, you know it is, uh, you know as Sheena says that you know it is the idea of a feeling that you're not good enough. I have a have a 13 year old footballer who's been playing since he could barely walk, and and he's being left on the sidelines for longer and longer and rolled on for five minutes of a 90 minute game and rolled off again. And he's he's feeling disillusioned. Um, he's losing his love for the game, uh, and and it is difficult. And as a parent, I'm and now can, at can the I just point say, Laura, the, the, the point up. the point is that for the sports themselves, you know, and we know this from the Limerick Hurler success, for example, there are far more people watching these elite athletes and paying at the gate because of the love of the sport than participating in them at that high competitive level. And sports need to be careful not to cut off their nose despite their face here. Absolutely. And it is. You lose the entire love of the game, not just the love of playing. And, and you know, aside from the physical, 
um, you know, benefits of playing in sports. There's a huge um, mental well-being element of working as a team, feeling a part of something, that sense of community. Um, and and as children get older, particularly in their teens, that's more important than ever as other stresses take over their life, particularly those to do with school, those to do with friendship groups, um, other emotional, um, you know, issues that they're trying to deal with and, and usually they release that on the on the sports field whether that's through training or through a match and, and so it's really important that everybody gets to play regardless of how good they are or not and so you're never going to bring on a, yeah. um, a child who, who's well, not at, at the top level yeah, if you, you don't give them a chance. You're, you're so right I mean we can't all be Kelly Harrington or Paul O'Connell when it comes down to it I suppose um, Sharon just on the general point about after school activities is there any opportunity here amidst the cost pressure to look at the number of after school activities that children are doing? You know, it, it, some people um, feel, certainly parents, that they're out five or six nights of the week with their children. Yeah, I, I do think that needs to be thought about as well because the fact that children are within this structured environment all day. You know, if they're in primary school, secondary school, their day is so rigid and structured around the routines. So it's no harm to have the freedom of no activities either, you know, and to have evenings free that you can go down to the local football club and have a kick around with your friends or to just lounge around, do a bit of study, do you know? But anything, I think that we do need to be mindful of that, that we don't, you know, parents spend so much time running here and running there. So I, I think you do need to prioritise and say, well, what, what does the child, what do they want to do? Do you know? And, and things that are very important for the child's identity rather than what we assume that they should be taking piano lessons, do you know? Or do you know things that might wait a little bit? Do you know when you consider your budgeting costs? What are the things that are most important? And it involves that conversation and communication with the child as well and knowing your own child of what are the what are the ones that are really important to them? Do you know, are yeah. they okay if we don't have guitar lessons this and, term or whatever? Yes, and, and Trish has been in touch. She's WhatsApp 0861239595 listening to you both this morning saying, organisations need to realise that every little cost adds up now. Some are putting on extra competitions and charging children even though they've already paid membership or fees and the kids all talk about who is doing what with each other. It is hard to say no as a result, says Trish. Do you agree with that, Laura? Oh, God, yes. It is hard to say no. So-and-so, the best friend, is doing it and then they want to do it and they feel like they're not going to be included in that friendship group if they're not or they want to get closer to a child, maybe who they can't get close to within the class environment. Um, and so they want to do the same extracurricular activities as them because it's all about fitting in, particularly in primary school. Um, I would encourage, though, that parents do, when they're looking at the list of extracurricular activities, that they have one that's, that's school-related and one that is completely separate from school. So, um, and try and foster other friendships right. outside of school. Okay, okay, listen, great advice this morning. Thanks so much for your perspectives, both of your parenting expert, Laura Erskine and Sharon Skeel, who works with young children and lectures and carries out research in education. And if you've got thoughts on this and if this is something you recognise or it's a dilemma for you and the cost pressures are so enormous at uh, the moment, do let us know. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nett on Live 95.